We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the Brocast. Today we're going to tune in and listen to the February Breakfast with Chris Hart. He spoke about standing in the gap, embracing your uniqueness, remembering who you are and what you've overcome, and allowing God to use you no matter what your qualifications. The world is watching. Be the leader you were created to be. Let's tune in and listen to his message to the Brotherhood. Good to see you, fellas. I, uh, it's an honor to be here. This is a legendary church that's had an impact around the world, this legendary stage. And I, I just honored Pastor Witt. Thank you very much for the opportunity and uh, this, this amazing place. Johnny, thanks for being a great friend and, and for the opportunity. And I'm just glad to be with you, fellas. One of my favorite things in the whole wide world is to chat with, with men because I understand the responsibility that we have. And I think it's interesting. I think right here, right now, fellas, it's time for us to say, man, I'm going to I'm going to get gritty. We're going to build the kingdom. We're going to build our families. We're going to build our businesses because that's who we are. That's what we're called to do. And that's kind of where we're going to go today. Does that sound good? Uh, the only other thing I want to say is when I close my eyes, I, my hair looks like Johnny's and I open them and that's not the case. Okay. So Johnny's wearing like a sweatshirt and looks better than all of us today. So just, we just have to deal with that. Okay, fellas, it's all good, but let's, uh, let's pray real quick. We're going to get dove in real quick. God, we love you. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for a group of fellas that love you and are committed enough to you to, to come together right here, right now, this morning. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our minds and in our hearts. And I just thank you that these next few minutes that we're together, God, I thank you that you're in our midst. And I thank you that because of that, we can and will do great things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of come out of the gate here real quick because I had a couple points in mind for this morning, but I was on the couch at my house a couple days ago just kind of praying about this. And this first point is genuinely what stood out. And I'm excited to just say it out loud because I think it's going to hit a couple guys just in the heart. And so, so number one today, you're not a counterfeit and you're not a duplicate. And, and some of you are like, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big dog, I got you. But, but then I think there's a couple of us in here, and, and I'm hoping that that hits because I believe it's a word for right now that I want you to grab a hold of and, 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 and feel just for a minute. Because what the devil would love to do is to take our legs out from under us before we genuinely get going. And then some of you, it's like, man, I've had some great success, and, and I believe that there's the next thing, there's that new ground that we're supposed to be taking and what the devil would love to do is disqualify you or make you feel disqualified before you really get into that. So, so you're not a counterfeit. I just want to come out and say that. You're not a duplicate. It's you. It's genuinely you, fearfully and wonderfully made by God to do exactly what you're going to do in this life. So just kind of want to come out swinging with that statement and let you know that that's the case and that that's the fact and that's where we get to live is in this place of confidence. Because if it's that new business venture, or if it's in your marriage, it's like, man, it's tough for me to take the lead sometimes. I don't want to make the wrong decision. Man, some of us are stiff-arming the next level of our friendships and relationships because we know if we tear the armor off that guys are going to see the crap that's actually underneath it, and we don't necessarily want that. But I'm, I'm just kind of here today saying I think it's time to embrace that, embrace the next, embrace that next 
form of discomfort because that's where we get to grow and where we get to live. And it's funny, you got these men in the Bible that are great examples of this. We're going to talk about a few of them today, but I think about God coming to Moses and be like, hey, I want you to do something great. And Moses stuttering comes back to God and tries to talk God out of it. God, you're asking me to come and be a great communicator and talk to the Pharaoh, and I'm not good at talking. Why would, why would that be your choice for me? God goes to Gideon, who's hiding in a wine press, and he comes to Gideon, and Gideon tries to convince God, man, that, that's just not for me. That's not how I roll. I'm, I'm, I'm in the weakest tribe. I'm the weakest in the weakest tribe, and you want me to go be this warrior. And I think there's some of us in here today, and God's trying to get a hold of you, and maybe this morning is kind of that moment. A lot of you sit under the, the teaching of this house. Others, man, you need to listen to what your pastor's saying. Man, it's time to, it's time to get up and go. The world's looking for some fellows that are going to take a stand, some guys that are going to man their post at your house, in your business, in this community, because that's who God is, and that's what God has for us. It's go time, fellas. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it, because just here's this thought. He that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. We know that, right? But then there's this other thought. Man, the Bible says that, that not only do we get the victory, not only are we conquerors, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. What a cool place to live, man. That means that we know going into this fight that we're going to win on the front end. Well, now I want to fight the biggest sucker that we can come across because if I already know that I'm going to win, that's going to make the best story because that's what we're called to do. Bring on the big dog because we're going to knock him down. But we've got to live like this. We've got to get this mindset. And so, so here's the thought. If it's ever crossed your mind, like, man, that gum and I, I have felt disqualified. I have felt unqualified. I have felt like maybe, may, maybe I do want to go do that, but man, somebody else is already doing it. I think there's a couple ways just out of the gate that we disqualify or counteract the thought of being a counterfeit. Number one, man, we just get to look at it and we get to, to look at it and say, okay, what have I overcome? What are the wins that I have stacked up? What has God brought me through. Fellows in the Old Testament, they take that staff. These guys are carrying staffs around, killing snakes and slapping goats and Old Testament stuff. And, and, and what they would do is they'd go and grab that staff. And anytime God would do something great, they put a little hash mark. They'd put, a, they'd put a mark on that staff as a remembrance of what God did for them. Man, I, I think that's what we got to do today, fellas. Man, what have you been through? What has God done for you? I'm going to put a little mark on that staff. So then the next time we start to question, the next time the devil wants to put some stupid thought in your mind, man, I'm just looking at that staff thinking, whoa, 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 I already have overcome. That's what happens. That's the God that we serve. Because I think the reality is the areas of our life where we feel most, most underqualified may very well be the point in our life that's going to have the most impact if we can move past that thought. Man, I, I just don't know if I can... Lead the charge in this marriage of mine. I'm telling you, you get past that, you, you look at that staff, what God has already brought you through, now all of a sudden you're helping other fellas get back a hold and be the leader in their house and, and the leader of those kids that you're supposed to be. You know, it's funny, Moses tries to talk God out of it. I, I, I stutter, I know. I want you to go stutter in front of the Pharaoh and set my people free. How about that, Moses? Suck it up. And I'll give you some buddies. Aaron can go with you. He seems to be a nice guy. That'll be good. But then Moses has got all these marks on, a, on the staff. Remember Moses out in the, 
taking care of his father-in-law. They're not even his sheep. He's out there stewarding his father-in-law's sheep, just making marks when God comes through for him. And that same staff is what he has to reach forward and part the Red Sea when it was impossible. So the very thing that's the remembrance of what we've done is the very thing that's gonna take you through and get you the breakthrough that you need the next thing. You're not a counterfeit. You're not a duplicate. The devil would love to make you think that, but I'm just telling you, it's seven o'clock in the morning and I need that to stick with you because God's gonna call you to do things and that might be a thought that enters and that's the first thing that we gotta cut in half. The second item that I think helps us counteract this is making the decision straight up just deciding, being the fella that you're supposed to be and making a definitive decision that you're gonna keep moving forward in spite of how you might feel. I know that's easy to say, but, but here's the reality. Decisions are emotional. We make a lot of emotional decisions, but then what has to follow that are character-filled choices. I got married. She looked gorgeous, unbelievable. Hair, makeup, the whole thing, this ridiculous dress, all of it. It's very emotional on that day. I'm getting married. I'm having sex tonight. It's on, baby. It's emotional. Well, like a week later, I got I to gotta still make the choice to love her and honor her. All these years later, now we have kids. All the, everything's nuts. And I get to daily make the choice to love that woman and protect that woman and be a standard for the house. Decisions are emotional. Choices require consistent character. I think about David, little, little guy. They, they say he's a little, little redheaded fella. And at some point, he makes this emotional decision. I'm going I'm to be a man of God. I'm going to live for God. But then he's got to make the choice because he's out there watching some sheep and a bear shows up and he's got to decide if he's going to put his life on the line to protect sheep and makes a character-filled decision that that bear's not gonna touch his sheep, so he kills the bear. And that was the start of the David that we know today. Little decisions, little decisions. I'm taking little steps to get exactly where I know I'm supposed to be with God. You know the story, he brags about it. The next decision he has to make, the next character-filled choice that he has to make is a lion's going to present itself and try to do the same thing that the bear did. Isn't that crazy? We're facing our lives, and it's like, man, the same, it, it just keeps coming. we got to keep making the choice to do the right thing. He put his life in front of sheep. That lion would have kept, that lion would have tasted the blood of the sheep, and it would have kept coming back. And he put his life on the line and protected those sheep. You know where this is going, fellas. He's delivering cheese to his brothers and just hears the voice of Goliath. But he's already created this pattern of character, I killed a bear, I killed a lion, I gotta murder that giant because he's talking smack to me and my people and about my God. He'd already created a habit of character, a habit of making the hard choice so there was no option. He'd already proven that he was a killer. So anything that presented itself, that bear was simply a threat to what he was responsible for. Goliath was a threat to what he was responsible for. He had to chop his head off. Decisions are emotional. I'm going into business. I'm going to be a millionaire. I love it. Do it. Start all of them. 
But there's going to be a series of choices we have to make in the process of these businesses that are going to require our character to do the next right thing every time. David didn't go to wrestle Goliath. And I'm going to do a quick little scoop move and see if I can't get that big foot. No, he was on a murder mission. And I just think some of us got to start looking at the things in front of us, the things that are threatening what we're responsible for, and we got to kill them now. You're not a counterfeit. You're not a duplicate. We just got to get our mind right about what we're supposed to be doing on a daily basis. Let me give you a little verse to chew on. If you got a Bible, go, go 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I'm going to jog over here to grab this water real quick, and then I'll jog back. This keeps it out of the camera. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord. What a great verse. Always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile nor wasted. It's never without purpose. We're men that are happy to give our effort, even our best effort to the point of exhaustion. But I want to highlight just a couple words that hopefully as fellas kind of get you fired up. Steadfast. Man, I'm looking at steadfast, and I believe that that's our mentality as we approach this life that we get to live. We're steadfast. That's my mentality. I'm firm in belief, determination, adherence. I'm loyal. I am mentally ready for whatever presents itself I'm steadfast. That second word, immovable. Boy, I love that. I'm standing here. This is the ground that I'm covering. This is the ground that I'm responsible for. You won't, that's my physical presence. But listen, it's not just our physical presence. It's also the posture that we take as we enter the battles we know we're supposed to enter. And then what those two things do, man, if I'm steadfast and if I'm immovable, then I can always abound in the work of the Lord. It's a combination if I'm physically and mentally aligned, now I can do what I was created to do. Now there's not a chance that that thought's going to creep in there. Well, I, I know I'm qualified. I, I'm mocked up with Jesus. I know I'm going to win before I go into it. I, we have this. I know this. Now I can abound in the works of the Lord. So number one, you're not a counterfeit. You're not a duplicate. You are absolutely qualified because of Jesus to do what you're supposed to do. And number two is we got to man our post. There's people counting on you to be where you're supposed to be. I want to show you a little video that examples this. Go ahead, fellas. I'm still recovering. That was five years ago. It's all good. Got a little excited. There was a little bit of a miscommunication. Something was lost in the transition. I'm going to come to you. You're going to catch me. And they're thinking, I'm coming there. Get out of the way. That's exactly what they thought. Come to find out. And they're Burmese, so I could probably jump today, and there's some big guys near a little catch. If we do that in Samoa, it works. Burma, no, okay, just a. Now, hopefully that'll help somebody someday that's traveling internationally. Kind of fun. Man, if you're worried, interesting thought. I'm going to make a great point out of that stupid video, but if we're where we're supposed to be, other guys aren't going to hit the deck. we got to man our post. There are men, there are people, there are people in your family counting on you to be where you're supposed to be because some are about to take a jump. Some are about to take a leap. So not only do you have to be confident in the steps that you're going to be taking, but there's other people counting on you being who you said that you were. 
I, I, got, I got some, some buddies here this morning, just came because they're friends. A couple of these guys are my bury a body buddies. You got to have those. And I trust you with absolutely everything in my life, but here's the deal. I'm going to stay in my post. I know they're going to man their post. Now we can take on the world. Let, let, me, let me show you this in the Bible. We're going to go Nehemiah just for a minute. Nehemiah, if, you, if you're unfamiliar, Nehemiah is this cup bearer for the king. He's, he's, he's manicured. He's got Johnny Hampton hair. He's, he's, he's looking amazing. He's, he's doing all these things for the king. Takes care of him. And, and kind of a bad dude, he's got to take a sip before he gives it to the king to make sure the cup's not poison. But he's in the palace. Hears that his people, Jerusalem, has been attacked and torn down. And he makes the decision, I'm going to go from being a cupbearer to a general contractor. That's what I'm going to do. Any, any, any builders, GCs in here? Any of you that were previously uh, in the courts of the king? No, you don't look like it. No, no not so much. Always been, Okay. Interesting transition, right? If anybody could have potentially felt like a counterfeit, it's Nehemiah. I'm gonna go do something I've never done before. It's completely outside of what I have been trained to do, but I feel compelled and called to do it. So it's interesting, he gets into this. He, he gets going in this process. He's gonna go help his people rebuild this wall to provide them safety and security again. Great idea, it's grand. It's an emotional decision. And now he's got to make a series of choices to back it up. I'm going to pick up in Nehemiah 4.10. He's, he's in the building process. And look, look how great this heroic idea is going. The leaders of Judah, like his people, the guys he's counting on, said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. There's a lot of rubble. We ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. That's how well this is going. The leaders are saying that. Then the enemies in verse 11 they won't know or see us until we're among them. We're going to kill them and put a stop to the work. That's what the enemies are saying. That's not good either. And then finally, the Jews in verse 12 that live around them, they keep saying to us repeatedly, from every place you turn, they will come up against us. So his own leadership team doesn't think they can do it. The enemies are just going to come murder them. And then just the, the, the old fellows that are around and hearing it, it's like, hey, all we hear is that they're going to come get us. That's what Nehemiah is dealing with in this great idea. Man, I'm going to go rebuild the wall. I'm going to take on something new. I can do this, and this is how well it's going. But I love Nehemiah's response. And this is where we get to live right here, fellas. Verse 13. So I stationed armed men behind the wall in the lowest places at the open positions where it was least protected. And I stationed the people and families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. He put them by family. When I saw their fear, he's already got a plan, but they're still afraid. When I saw their fear, I stood and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Confidently remember the Lord who's great and awesome and with courage from him. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Can you three guys help me real quick? Just jump up here be an athlete. Nehemiah recognizes, don't break, this is a very nice stage, guys, don't break it, okay? Gosh, Pastor Witt. He recognizes what's happening. The guy, the guy, the people are afraid, and so what Nehemiah does is in all the open spots 
of the wall, he grabs a fella, he grabs one of the guys he can trust, friends of mine, he grabs him and says, hey, McCoy, I need you, I need you over here, there's an open spot. Jake, there's an open spot. Terp, there's an open spot. And he gets these guys who can hold their own in the spot to protect that spot. This is vulnerable, but I trust you here. Nehemiah's got something cooking. This old cupbearer has a plan from God to actually fulfill what he knows he's supposed to fulfill. But it doesn't just stop there. I think these guys can hold their own, but it says he positioned them by their families. So now Matt's wife and kids are behind him hoping he doesn't let somebody come through that open spot, that vulnerable spot in the wall. Hey, Dad, if they get through you, they get to me. Pack a daggum lunch. I guarantee you're not getting through it. This is where we get to live, fellas. This, this is why we can't have a mindset of a counterfeit. He can't be thinking right now, I'm not worthy or I'm not capable of doing this job because his family's counting on him. Jake's a stud. Jake's a big deal in this community. And that's all great. But then when the fire starts cooking, Jake's just got to be a man and protect his family. He's got to man his post. And hopefully, I kind of want this to feel like a call out, but I don't need you to get all bowed up. I just think it's, it's okay, I'm gonna man my post because that leads us to action because I'm supposed to be this man of God full of vision, full of character so that I can actually do and stay at my post and do what I was born to do. Terp's got two beautiful little yellow-headed daughters and I'm just telling you, Terp knows those girls are behind him, nobody's coming through that hole. Man your post. And I, ju- I just want to go there for a minute today, guys, because I-, I, think, I think this, if we can just live here, because sometimes, here's, here's the problem. It feels like he's stuck. Golly, I've been here a couple days now. And sometimes in the process of manning our post, it doesn't feel like we're taking ground. And I'm just telling you, he's not stuck, he's stewarding. That's what we get to do as fellas. Steward what God gave you. Because we know what happens, and we steward, then there comes increase. Man, you're faithful what God's given you. You're faithful to protect that spot. I'm telling you, increase follows that. It's not, this isn't like the most gram-worthy position that's ever been taken. He's covering a hole. But it might just be the thing that builds the character and the grit to do everything else God's called him to do. And here's the other thing. What happens right here is it keeps our why in close proximity. Let me, tell you, let me tell you why we're not going to look at porn anymore. Man, let me tell you why we're, not, why we're stopping to flirting with that secretary today. Man, because I'm telling you, when we do those things, that takes us away from our post. That leaves other people vulnerable. There's people that can't fight for themselves yet, and we've got to be the fellows that are willing to stand in the gap and say, I'll fight for you until you're ready to fight. We're raising guys up. Man, this is, this is a house that raises men up. We're out in the truck before this thing, just watching men pile in here. Some of you came for the breakfast, I get that. Others of you needed a good word. Man, I'm telling you, there's, there's fellas in here, and if we can man our post and recognize what we're called to do as men of God, man, nobody's getting through that hole. There's people trying to get to you, there's people trying to get to your family, there's people trying to get to your unsaved fellow friends, and I'm telling you, we gotta stay, at our, stay our post. That's what we're called to do. That's who you are. Thanks, fellas. You guys want to clap for just a three big old studs up here? (laughs) 
Man, I just think there's, there's people that you're specifically and strategically designed to reach. But if you're not being true to yourself, we're not going to reach those guys. There's, there's men that need to be sitting in that seat with you this time next month. You thought about them. You might have even texted them one time. But what's that, what's that second mile look like? What's that extra effort look like knowing that they need what you're getting today? Man, they got to be here next month. They got to be in that chair next to you. You might actually get crazy and invite them to church on Sunday. But that's what we get to do as men that are, that are willing to take the hit. If you take anything today, I want you to just think about the people that, that you represent that are standing behind you, your why. They're not getting to your wife. So you know what that looks like? That means you get up a little early in the morning, take the responsibility to get filled up with the word so that the rest of the day you can give out from what you've been filled up with. And that means when you head to the office after this breakfast this morning, you go, you go, you are the best producer in that office. You lead your teams like nobody's ever led them before. That's man in your post. And then we're gonna, you're going to get home tonight and you're going to pull up in that driveway, take a big, deep breath and switch into father and husband mode and be the best you've ever been at it. That's man in your post. That's what God's calling us to do. Fellas, it's simple and it's consistent and that's how we win. And you look at all the great war strategies of time. It's a simple strategy that everybody could execute, and they were consistent, and they outlasted them. I met Bill Wilson one time. He's this great preacher up in New York City. He's got this humongous Sunday school, 20,000 kids that they would bus in. And somebody, he, somebody just ran me on the street. He goes, hey, what do you do? He goes, I'm just a bus driver. 20,000 kids would come every Saturday for this deal. It's unbelievable. I, I, they, I'm, I'm with this group of pastors, and... He was kind of hanging back, so I hung back with him as, as a, a young man of God, and I just said, man, any, any thoughts you have? He goes, yeah, man, I just, just two thoughts. He goes, one, in your life, if you've got the, the option to choose the stairs or the escalator, pick the stairs. Because if you hit every step, you'll be stronger when you get to the top, and when you get to the top, it'll be the right timing because you took your time getting there. He goes, the second thing is, and I thought this one was great. He goes, the people that offend you or bug you, just sit by the river. Eventually, they'll float by dead. I was like, oh, geez. Darn, that, that talk went dark real quick. But it's, I just, I, there's something about it, man. I'm, I'm going to outlive. I'm going to outlast. I'm not budging. Here, here's the statement. I'm not giving up an inch. 2020 hit all of us differently. Us taking ground in our lives hits all of us differently, but I'll tell you what, we're gonna man our post and we're not gonna budge. We're men that don't give up an inch. We take ground. That's what God's called us to do. And it's a little dark. You picture people floating by dead. I got you, but, but I'm, I'm sitting there by the river. I will outlast anything the devil tries to throw at us. That's how we get to live. That's who we are in Christ. I'm gonna say this and go to the final point. Some of you have thought about moving on from your post and it's premature. However that hits you, stay the course. When it's time to go to that next thing, God's gonna make it very clear and he's gonna give you absolutely every resource and idea that you need. But right now, some of us need to demand our post and be exactly who we're supposed to be in this moment because there's people that need you to stay there. We gotta inspect ourselves, make sure that it's lining up. I'm gonna make this last point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read out of Mark 15, 21. And this is kind of an epic moment in the history of humankind. Jesus is 
is on trial. And something pretty amazing happens at the end of this trial. So I'm just going to read it just to give you the context of what's going on. Mark 15, 21, it says, The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, and they called together the entire Roman battalion, which is 600 soldiers. This is unique. They've got everybody together. They've got all their power in one place. They dressed Jesus up in a ranking Roman officer's robe of purple. After twisting together a crown of thorns, they placed it on him. They began saluting and mocking him. Hail the king of the Jews. Feel this moment with me, fellas. Our savior is on trial. They kept beating him on the head with a reed and they're spitting on him and kneeling, bowing in mock homage to him. After they mocked him, they took off the purple robe, put his clothes on him, led him out of the city to crucify him. And they forced into service a passerby coming in from the countryside. Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. Jesus just went through all that. Before that, he's whipped 39 times, takes it like a stallion. Now he's on trial. They're mocking him. And because of the physical torture that he just went to, now he's physically unable to fully carry the cross. So they grab Simon from the crowd. And it said that he came in from the countryside, so he's unaware of everything taking place that day. I picture just a big yoked up guy because they had to pick somebody out of the crowd, so they picked this big body. And and I want to make two points here. One, it's interesting because a lot of the times when we're called to do something or grabbed to do something, in the moment, it doesn't feel like opportunity. We got to trust that God's got us in the right place at the right time, even when it doesn't feel like opportunity in that moment. But here's where it gets crazy. I was, I was reading this and I read a commentary. And it's, it's crazy that it mentions Alexander and Rufus by name. And I read this commentary and it said, these are the same men, Simon's sons, Alexander and Rufus, they're the same men referred to in Romans as great men of God. I, I gotta tell you, I read that in my office And I'm just sitting there and I started, I I got emotional. I thought, oh my gosh. They saw their dad carry the cross of Jesus. And I believe that day recognized the power of what he was doing and they became great men of God. I I tried to get a picture for this moment, fellas. Jesus, the Savior of the world, is trying to carry the cross that redeemed all of us, and he physically can't carry it, and so they grab their dad to carry it. So now Jesus is getting whipped, and Jesus is getting spit on, and now guess who else is getting whipped and spit on? Simon. And I picture this big old fella just getting underneath that cross because they told him to, and now his sons are watching him carry the cross. And I, I, I picture two boys just, man, what's going to happen? Now, now they're whipping dad. What happens when they get up to the top? How does this thing end? I know they're supposed to crucify Jesus, but Simon's going to be right there next to him. And what we know is that those two boys experienced that moment. They saw their dad 
carry the cross and became great men of God. The second thought here is the closer we get to Jesus, the more we recognize and realize we have to pick up the cross. My, my final statement or challenge, I'm just, I'm just asking you, it's a bunch of fellas in here. You've got a lot of responsibility personally, you've got a lot of responsibility professionally. And what I, what I would propose is you gotta recognize what your cross is and we have to pick it up every day. And as a result of that, whatever that sacrifice is, whatever God's calling you to do, as we do that, your kids and the people around you will see you do it, and I believe they'll do it as well. I've got three little daughters and a son, and I'm just hoping every day they catch me doing what's right. Man, I love it when I'm, 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 I'm reading the Bible like a good Christian. One of my little girls comes in and randomly wakes up and, and catches me reading. Man, I love that. Let them catch you doing the right thing. Let them catch you picking up that cross. My daughter last night, man, I, mean, I get to go talk to some fellas tomorrow. I'm just gonna, I, I just hope I can encourage them towards Jesus. Man, I want her living like that. I need my son living a life to rally men. Man, what's your cross, fellas? You're not a counterfeit. You're a powerful, vision-filled man of God. We got to man our post, and then what we have to do is we got to pick up this cross every single day. That's, that, that's what's being, that, I know, hey, it's hard, I know. That's why you're hard. What we got to give the world is a hard edge. That's what we're creating because we harden ourselves to difficulty so that now nothing's impossible. I'm picking up that cross every day. That's what we're called to do. And I'm telling you, there's a generation watching. The world is watching. We've got to pick up that cross because it sets a tone, especially right now. A lot of things are uncertain. A lot of things may not have gone how you planned or how you've seen it. I'm telling you how we solve every one of these problems is we pick up our cross every single day because people are watching. Last thing I'm gonna say, a lot of times the events that unfold aren't exactly what we might have planned, but I love this formula, event plus response equals outcome. I can't control every event but I can always control my response and they're equally as powerful so that way we get the outcome that we're looking for. I'm not, I'm not scared of what happens. I'm not scared of what shakes. I can't control everything. That's okay. I can always control my response and I'm always gonna get the right outcome. I trust God. I do my part. That's where this grit of ours meets the grace of God and we get exactly what God has for us. I'm gonna pray for you. But I, I need to reiterate God's called you to do some great things. It's okay if you feel a little bit underqualified right now. Every single guy in the Bible did. And at the same time, you're not a duplicate. What you're gonna bring to the table is gonna be unique because that's how God created you. That staff that you're carrying with all those marks, those are unique experiences to you which creates a unique platform for you to reach people nobody else can reach. And then every single day, I just want you to wake up with just a determination. You take that deep breath in the morning and say, I'm living for God today. I'm in my post today. And then we recognize the people that are watching. Man, the world at large and then the people right close to us. Man, are you going to pick up your cross every day? That's what I'm committing to. That's the man I'm going to be. And that's how we change the world from right here. Let's pray. 
God, we love you. And I thank you that your spirit is evident in here right now, God. God, I thank you that right here and right now you're moving on the heart of men. Men that are taking responsibility. Men that know who they are in you and can walk in that confidence. Men that are immovable. Men that are steadfast. Men that abound in your work, God. And I thank you that you give us an unwaverable confidence to do exactly what you've called us to do. So, fellas, right here in this moment, I'm just going to ask. I'm going to pray for you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. But if one of these points resonated with you, I'm just going to ask you, if you're in here and it's like, man, I'm telling you, I have to deal with feeling like a counterfeit. Will you just raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you. Good job, fellas. All over the room. Let me ask you this. If you're in here today and you realize there's parts of your life where you have left your post, Would you just raise your hand? I'm gonna pray for you. Man, good job. Bunch of fellas. Good job. And then then the third thing, man, you're in here today and it's like, I I don't know that I've been carrying that cross. Man, I need need a fresh surge, man. I, I, I want to carry this cross. I'm committing to carry this cross. I'm not sure that I can. I'm not sure how, but I know that that's my heart's desire. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Good job, fellas. God, right here, right now, I thank you for these men that have been honest with themselves and have been honest with you. And God, I thank you that we're, that we're the men that you need. We're the men that, that you're counting on, God. And I thank you, God, for a fresh confidence in the name of Jesus. No counterfeits, no duplicates. I, I erase that from their thought process, God. God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for men that are steadfast, that hold the line, that man their post in the name of Jesus for a fresh strength and courage to do that. And then, God, I pray across the board. God, I thank you that we're men that commit today to carry your cross, to be the example that we're supposed to be, that every single day we pick up that cross and we boldly carry it. And I thank you for the wake of people that come behind us and see us doing just that. Thank you for these men. I speak blessing over their lives. I speak power into their lives. And I thank you that as we follow you, God, we set a course for so many other people. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.